Hello and welcome to another mining podcast with me, Paul Harris, and Joe Mazumda. Hi, Paul. How's it going? Forgot my name. Great start. We are at the uh, the 2022 Precious Metal Summit here at Beaver Creek. Uh, it's the end of day three. I'm absolutely exhausted. Joe can't remember my name. We're off to a great start. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the best answer we're going to get out of Joe today. We, we're trying something very different here. Trying a bit of a bring a bit of entertainment to this. We've got a, a lot of talking points in this bag, and Joe's going to pick the first one, um, see what we're going to talk about. Okay. I can't read your writing. Okay, uh, M&A opportunity of a lifetime. Absolutely. So um, what's the general premise here? Shitty market for gold equities. It's a... Well, I can. I just did. Um, we only do one take, so we're not editing this. A terrible market for gold equities. Everybody's trading at, well, not everybody. A lot of companies are trading at 52-week lows or even five-year lows. Um, dirt cheap. A lot of companies have done a lot of good work, drilling studies, economic studies, progressed their projects, de-risked their projects, and yet bargain basement prices. Is this the opportunity of a lifetime for bigger companies or somebody with, let's say, $500 million to spend? Yes, I mean, in terms of where we're sitting, in terms of valuation, it is it is low. But the question is, is it going to get any lower? That's probably why some people are staying away. But on the other side, people have gone out of all types of equities, not just resource stocks. So there's definitely, an, uh, you know, uh, there's definitely a, an escape route outside of equities, and, and everything's following suit. Uh, and if anybody wants to invest in, in these companies right now that you think are undervalued, you've got a great story. problem is a lot of them have to sell something else. And like you said, those are trading at 52-week lows and are undervalued right now. So do you take the punt and just throw that one away and grab something else? Uh, and so that's a lot of the decision people are making. They, they're not making the decision on what to buy, but they're more making the decision on what to sell. Okay, well, let's um, nuance the question a little bit. Given that there's a lot of companies trading at 52-week lows or, or multi-year lows. Why aren't bigger companies acting and buying up, filling up their pipelines? Right. I mean, for a big company, they need a big resource, a lot of upside. And so the last the significant one we, say, we would say is Great Bear Resources, but that didn't have a resource. But the hope is that that would be a you know, plus five, plus, plus five million ounce open pitable resource in a place you could develop it in uh, northern Ontario. And then if you look at that, you say, well, where's the next one of those? That's really what I'm looking for as well uh, with respect to getting through these markets because M&A will still happen. But in terms of the that sort of tier, you need that kind of deposit. Otherwise, you need the intermediates. Uh, to step up and right now they're dealing with their own issues with with cost inflation uh, and a margin squeeze you know well will the market uh, uh, you know uh, credit them with an acquisition we're still having trouble probably closing the goldfields Yamana acquisition true enough um, I've had more than 30 meetings over the three days and only one company was talking about sort of merger of equals, the need to consolidate and you know bulk up to potentially be more attractive to either investors or bigger companies. Um, that seems strange to me because the, the financing window is pretty much closed for most companies, yeah. and a lot of companies are sort of getting quite hard up on, on cash. So I would have thought I was expecting that there'd be much more talk about well, we're going to merge with 
we look to merge with one of our peers or somebody else that's in our in our district. And it yeah. just doesn't really seem to be well, on the table. We've seen a bit of that with uh, Orla and uh, Gold Standard Ventures. Um, uh, you know, somebody who's producing a heap leach gold deposit in in Mexico, and then potentially the issue there in Mexico is that open pit mines are getting harder to permit, and they're slowing that down. And so Nevada is obviously a lot better. Um, and so they, they, they took Gold Standard Ventures and that, you know, a bit of consolidation. And so I think the, any, ent- any significant shareholder of a company uh, that's got a good management team, they might look to see, want them to go consolidate with somebody else and get that management team to run a, one project that, uh, that the other, you know, investors are in as well. So to consolidate, reduce GNA and with a better management team and a win-win sort of thing. But the problem is this management team, if that asset isn't very good, they might not want to do it because they don't want to dilute their own share structure with something that's, that can't compete with what they got already. I think there's still a lot of stubborn people that still want the top job and uh, don't want to give up their seat. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, the longer this goes on, there will be some capitulation of management where they'll find out that they can't raise money. Uh, and so where do they go? And if they don't have the asset that can attract that kind of financing, they're just going to run out of working capital. Okay, thanks, Joe. Uh, M&A dealt with moving on. What's next? We got one. Inflation. Inflation. Uh, that's been the, the elephant in the room for a lot of people, particularly those that have. Uh, um, or the big obnoxious chandelier in the room. <laughs> yeah, we got one of those. Um, inflation. Obviously, people putting out economic studies. It's been the the big, the big, uh, the big factor throughout the year. Um, a lot of companies have seen dramatic inflation in their OPEX and their CAPEX, um, taking big hits on there. Also, companies that have announced uh, mine build decisions. Um, wow, some, some quite big numbers coming in. Yes, and, and I talked to one company that's uh, looking at building an open pit gold project in uh, Brazil, and uh, they're really good builders, so I, I take what they say with uh, a lot of confidence. Uh, so they were telling me that 2019 feasibility and a scope to scope, meaning that it's the same scope as what they're looking at right now, same throughput, everything the same, they could see a 30% cost increase just on costs, everything the same. So it seems to me probably anything over that 30%, if you're talking about a 2019 number, is probably something different happening. So when we see something like Marathon that put out a capital number in a feasibility study, raised money to build it, and then, I don't know, several months later, they talk about a 50 to 60% increase in their capital number, and suddenly they need 90 million odd dollars uh, Canadian, and just recently raised that money, but basically in a corner. They had nowhere else to go because they, they, had, they had to build it, I guess. I'm going to push back. You, you, you don't have to build it. No, don't you push don't back. Have to, You're no, absolutely I'm, right. You know, absolutely. Uh, my, my follow-up was going to be, we're in an inflationary environment. Companies have put, done good work. They put out a study. You know, it may be a good study, and everybody gets creamed in the market. Um, so being devil's advocate, why bother? Yeah. Well, why mean, not wait until inflation tames off and then? Finance theory says that if the interest rates are going up higher, then the price of the commodity that you're trying to do, uh, you know, extract, then you wait, you know, uh, and especially, you know, in an inflationary environment. 
But when I have talked to people, and I've said that, like another one that's got a open pit heap leach project, with uh, and they may change their scope what they were going to do, but they went and did a convertible, which you know tends to be a, a negative on on the share price. So why do that? Why not just hold back? Well, they would say, well, the market's going to kill us if we don't do anything. Well, it'll probably kill you if you do something. So and in an accelerated way, exactly. You'll you'll find out right away. So you're absolutely right that uh, you know people uh, are think that they have to build when they don't really have to build, uh, but then they think, well, what else am I going to do? You know, do I just hold back? Because in Marathon's case, they already raised the capital to build it, so the debt people and everything now they've you know basically handcuffed that they have to build it. But if you haven't, and you're getting into an environment where the underlying commodity is actually flat to going down and your costs are going up, why put that project into that? environment exactly and uh you know i think it, there it is always a, a valid strategy perhaps not an attractive one but do nothing is a valid strategy or, or hold off let's say well the other thing is catalyst so in terms of uh, inflation to show hey this is what my capital is changing but also what I'm, I'm seeing is people sort of looking at it saying okay maybe i don't want to put that number out there you know uh, it's gone up but maybe i'll i'll, I'll, I'll hold back you know, because uh, people can think it's that number, but I don't want to put it out there in the market. Well, I think there's a, a big skepticism about the numbers anyway, because you've seen the inflation from one study to the next. But you've also got the skepticism of the market that have seen some big capex blowouts of projects in development. I am Gold, Cote, uh, Argonaut Gold, Magino, and, and we could name several others. Well, yeah, so yeah. even, you know, it, it's... In inflation environment, it's going to continue to be a moving well, target, I, I, and you're going to miss and miss and miss. Okay, now it's my turn to push back on on some of the capital increase, uh, probably a significant portion of it, uh, yeah. at at Argonaut, which was a huge capital increase, uh, was scope change. Uh, so they hadn't got the permit for the grid power, so they had to internally generate it. They hadn't done enough work on the geotech, and they had to clear a lot more ground to get a stable bit of ground to put the tailings and the infrastructure. So there's a lot of added costs that ran into scoping changes. Marathon looks very strange in that they raised the money, they had the feasibility study, and then after they raised the money, and then three months later, they're telling us 50 to 60% change in capital well i think you've you've made a, a valid point there joe and i think that's perhaps material for another podcast um you put out a feasibility study and then you change scope um well, that, wtf that was definitely the the case with pure gold what they were building and what they said they were building were two different things i mean i appreciate if you're building something and you know something changes or you get new information and your original plan does not work you don't stick to the original plan come hello high water but still, it's, if you're changing scope, you're changing the, the, the logic, the reason people invested in you, um, it's a completely different game. And yeah. Yeah. And then all you're doing is raising money every quarter, basically, to try and keep the wrong going. But the geologist is telling you potentially something completely different. Okay. Well, inflation done. Let's uh, see what we've got next. All right. Okay. Catalyst, P-A-P-F-S, that sort of thing. Where do you want to start with this? Well, what I'm seeing now with the meetings, and maybe we touched on it previously with the, with the financing, is people are pushing back on the scoping studies. They're saying, and sometimes people are pushing back on the resources. So why do I have to... 
put out a resource. I can just keep building it and building it. And if I put out a resource, they'll hold me to that number and they'll think it's not going to be any bigger. So there's one argument, valid argument from that, given Great Bear was bought out without a resource, but you're going to have to have the potential for a tier one asset. The, the other one is uh, the scoping study is that the frame of mind for some is that the market doesn't believe your scoping study anyway. So if you really want to get out a technical document that that is underpinned by the economics of your asset, then just go into the PFS. The problem with the PFS is then you need at least indicated. So if you have a resource with a high grade variability, you're going to have to drill that out much tighter spacing such it'll cost you more to do a PFS. Uh, so people that can do it will do it. People that can't do it are going to step back and say, I'm not even going to do a scoping study because I don't want that capital number out there. Well, well, that opens a whole can of worms because if, if one is questioning the validity or, or point of doing a PEA, then by extension, you're questioning the validity of just doing your maiden resource right. if it's only going to be an inferred resource because if you've, you know, the perception is inferred resources are so, let's say, vague um, and you really need to have M&I measured and indicated resources before anybody really starts paying serious attention, then that really sort of changes the way companies have to think in the sort of modus operandi and, and of advancing an exploration project. And that all depends on the type of deposit. So with gold, yes, definitely you want at least an indicated, but I mean, pure gold had an indicated and not a lot of measured. But you might need very tight spacing, which costs a lot of money, and you can't raise that in the equity markets. You can't do anything with that. So, but if you have a copper deposit that's, you know, semi-continuous and the grade holds, and you know, a, a larger spacing in between, drill spacing in between, could still give you confidence and give you a potential suitor confidence that it's there. So it all depends on the the type of deposit and then the grade variability. So if you have a high variability, you'll need a lot more drilling just to get it inferred. You know, so we got to remember that. But in this current market, the you know, you can't, it's hard to raise equity and for you to raise equity just to go from, let's say, an inferred to an indicated resource, which is just infill, definitely retail doesn't care about that. I mean, right now they've already technically left the building, but to try and bring them in with an infill program will not do it. Well, I think you get exactly the opposite because 